0: Nietzsche, impermanence, everything rising, everything falling. (laughs) That's what came to mind as I sat here. Uh, You know, uh, I think even before I opened my eyes, I was just sitting here thinking, wow, there's all these faces (laughs) now. And uh, and snow is falling. (coughs) Things have changed. (laughs) And I remember uh, more than twenty years ago, uh, maybe twenty yeah twenty some years ago, uh, here uh, I was at a retreat here in this uh, in this hall, which looked very different by the way. Uh, there was an old i don 't know some of you might remember an old red carpet that was coming all the way there um, and uh, there was a retreat with uh, Ruth uh, Dennison some of you might know Ruth uh, she's passed away now but um, i remember at one of the retreats and i think maybe her annual retreat was always at uh, the time of her birthday and uh, the staff would make a cake for her and we would all you know go in the med hall uh, in the dining hall to uh, give the the to uh, for the staff to offer the cake to her for her birthday and um, so I remember the staff, you know, maybe one or two people were there, uh, holding a cake for, you know, a hundred people, and uh, and uh, that time she, uh, she, so she was saying this, you know, kind of w- w- waltzing, you know, she was like, Anicha, everything rising, everything falling, and then she would take one of us, you know, and sure. dance like this. <laughs> Anicca, everything rising, everything falling and then she would, you know, let this person go and go to the next one. <laughs> and then at the end it was like, Wow, this keeps going <laughs> this is a hundred of us. And uh and, and the staff were like <laughs> And uh and there was uh yeah, there was that kind of spirit with uh, Ruth uh Denison of uh There's a kind of playfulness. There was many things. She had many uh, many qualities, but one of one of her qualities was a kind of playful or spirit of exploration. And and so, uh, as the masks come down, you know, and the snow comes down, there's a sense of uh, change. Change. I don't know how you how you were experiencing it, but um, it's definitely, the the view is very different from here. Okay, I still have like 57 minutes. (laughs) No, there was um, there was um, there was basically one idea that I wanted to share, so I don't know if, if I can. Uh, I probably can do a fifty some minutes out of that one idea, and that one idea I can say in one sentence. <laughs> the, uh, the kind of only idea I had was uh, that seemed like what do I want to share? What seems important? What what what? What should be named, you know, from this point of view, you know, here, uh, and t- to me, the idea was kind of a standing out or outstanding, or yeah, standing out, I think, was uh, this idea that, you know, it came in that sentence of, uh, you know, this this practice or mindfulness or this work is what we do is highly uh, relational. It's very highly relational, and um, the way I became aware of it, of this, that it, it, I think it, over time in practice and in retreat, and like the view started to appear, that that view about how how much it's about relationship, how relational, about the relation we have is um i think it was particularly one retreat at the forest refuge where um, uh, you know over there it's a small group of people who are who it doesn't hold, it doesn't have many rooms and so there's a small group of people and uh, and usually often they'll stay a longer time than we do here this time and i remember i was there uh, that time for 2 months and uh, so were the other. It was a kind of a retreat where people came in for two months, and we had to report every day about our practice. There was every day there was a maybe a, something like a ten to fifteen minutes where we had to report on what we what we were exploring, what was appearing in our practice and um And I kept reporting different, uh, different things. You would th- maybe think of like uh, a snippet of your practice, like a little, little moment of walking or a little moment of sitting, and you would report this. So I was sitting and I was aware of breath, and so, something like this. And, and um, so I would, I would see uh, the, the teachers and... And um, I was really attached to uh, what I was experiencing. And by reporting every day, every day again, reporting, reporting different things, you know, uh, I started to notice that they weren't so attached to what I was experiencing. (laughs) They actually almost, it seems like, couldn't care less. But there was something about which the teachers were caring. And it was how I was relating to what was happening. I was really interested in what was happening, you know. Like, so, you know, uh, I remember one time at that retreat, you know, there was, uh, I don't know, something like lightness or brightness in the mind or there was something, you know... uh, maybe joy and, yeah, elation, maybe rapture, something of that nature. And I was really, uh, I really wanted to report that. (laughs) (laughs) And I remember, you know, that the the teacher listening to me had the kind of same face, same interest uh, as the day before where I was reporting being all scattered or being sick, you know, over a few weeks things happen, you know, or being discouraged or being, uh, you know, like the the content I was, what I was reporting about didn't seem to, uh, what they were interested in was how I was holding it. How I was, uh, so lightness, heaviness, you know, bright, Uh, not so bright (laughs) clear not so clear not so important but what are you doing with this you know if it's pleasurable you know pleasurable displeasurable to me it meant a lot (laughs) but to them it seems like it didn't mean so much but what meant a lot seemed to mean a lot was uh, how I was relating to it again so pleasure it was a pleasant experience I was reporting then was I attached to it? How was I, was I able to experience it mindfully and to notice its disappearance? If it was pleasant or unpleasant, was irrelevant, was how were you holding this? Were you holding this with care, with presence? You know, The how was more important than the what, we could say. And it took me a long time. I mean, I had already been practicing for a while and I'd never noticed this, you know, for a few years. But in that retreat, I remember it started to kind of, I could see the, almost like the pattern behind the whole thing, you know, it's like, wow, they're interested in how I'm holding it healthy, sick, irrelevant. How are you holding it, though, seems to count. I don't know how how it is for you to receive this, but to me, like, when I started to notice this and I I started to really tune in, like, am I seeing right? Like, is that what's going on here? Uh, um, Like, it was kind of turning my world a bit upside down, or at least my understanding of happiness, I think. Because happiness for me was to have what I wanted, you know, for it to be either comfortable or bright or light <laughs> or, you know. And uh, and it seems like there was starting to appear some kind of a message that it was not really what was happening that was important in terms of maybe happiness, if I put it with this, these words, was how I was meeting what was there. Was I grasping, clinging, like trying to keep it, or trying to push it away. This was much more important than what was actually happening. Yeah, I think this is what I'm getting from practice. It's, It's about the relationship. You know, so when there was this time of this brightness, I remember the teacher was like, so did you want more of this? Were you able to, did you notice that it disintegrated at some point, you know, the lightness became stuckness, you know, like, you know, more like rigid or embodiment as we know it a lot of the time. Were you able to, did you want more of it? Did you want to keep it? Did you think you were enlightened? Did you think it was yours? (laughs) All of the above. (laughs) It was mine. I had gotten it. I was probably awake. I wanted them to know it. (laughs) And to them, this was what was of interest, you know. Ah, this is how you were holding it, you know. And I remember on that retreat coming at some point, you know, and I was sick. I was like, I'm sick. I feel like shit. I want to go home. It's not the right conditions to practice, you know. And the teacher was like, hmm. When you're going to die, do you think it's going to be comfortable? Do you think it's going to be the best conditions, you know, in terms of postures and sensations? And how are you meeting this, you know? And I remember going back to my room, well, I guess I'll stay (laughs) a little longer. I thought that was my ticket out. And actually, you made me think about this, uh, Sarah, today uh, in the, the, the group discussion uh, when you uh, reminded me that i 've uh, talked about this before, and so at the end of that retreat, uh, what happened is you know how uh, at the end of retreat uh, retreatants talk together suddenly mm-hmm. we're released, you know, and we can talk and this that happened and did you notice this and and so there was a little group of people i don't know if they were outside the first refuge I can't remember where we were but just like yapping you know like uh, (laughs) after two months of silence like oh my god (laughs) and uh, somebody said you know like oh my god you know the document they gave us when we came in to tell us about how to report was so important to me, I so thankful I had that document, you know, and, and the other was like, oh yeah it was so important, that document, and I was like what, what document? and they were like, the document, you didn't get the document? I was like, no, I didn't get the document and somebody was like, oh, let me get it for you, you know I, was, I sat there and I was reading the document, I was like, oh my God <laughs> oh my God, like, if I had known this. But I was reading it, I was like, I know this now, you know, I paid the price because a few times I got kicked out of the interview room, you know. (laughs) I would come, bow, you know, and start to, you know, report. And the teacher was like, go, you know. I remember one, you know, these forms we we fill up. There's a form, you know, where like, who have you been? practice with, what kind of retreats, you know, and the the teacher was uh, I was reporting that the teacher had the at the sheet, you know, was looking at me and looking at the sheet and sheet and they were saying like, guy Armstrong, Carl Wilson, Joseph Goldstein. And they were looking at me like I can't believe this person. <laughs> but I've understood nothing. You know like they <laughs> spent so much time like they did this with the sheet, you know, like, wow, go. <laughs> You have no idea, and uh, and uh, I, I. But through through this reporting and um, and the, the chance maybe I had was that I could hear the person right before me reporting. The way it was made is that you would come in and somebody was already reporting. You would prepare to report, so you would always hear the person before you. So maybe a part of this and. Everything. Anyway, I ended up understanding what was. uh, So, are you curious about what was in the document? (laughs) Because, you know, the way they wanted us to report was not just about how to report, it was about how to practice. Uh, That's what I kind of learned as I went along. uh, And I learned, I think, in a way, how to practice uh, there. Uh, And so, basically, you just had to answer three questions when you came to report. Uh, And tomorrow, if you go to a group, maybe you'd like to play with this. Uh, And so, what you had to report, well, the idea was to take a little bit of your practice, a little moment of walking or sitting in the dining hall or, you know, wherever you chose, you know, But you had to report on what was happening. What was happening? I was walking. I was sitting. I was laying down in my bed. I was serving food or eating. There was was something happening. How was it met? How was I relating to it? How was it met? Was it met, met mindfully or with a mind that had opinions about it, a preference, or was caught in what was happening or not noticing what was happening, not aware of. Do you see it a little bit? So there was something happening, so you could say just sitting here. You know, How was how this met? Was it met with mindfulness, with care, curiosity, detestation, does that exist even in English? Uh, despising, wanting more, wanting to keep, Wanting to get rid of uh, uh, disregarding or not noticing you know being aware and it could be just the sitting it could be the breathing so that's the first the answer to the first question what was happening it could be a strong emotion or a beautiful mind state uh, the things we name here the presence or absence of a thought so this was the event first answer? What was the thing happening? How was it met? So this is when you report. So that's why there's past tense. What was happening? How was it met? And the third question was, what happened after? Or what happened eventually? You know, so like, oh, I was caught in a story from the past, you know, what this was, what was happening. How was? Were you relating to it? I was totally caught in it, you know, like having, you know, caught in the storyline and the story that was being told, you know, and um, what eventually happened. Eventually, I noticed what was happening—that I was caught. You know, this was what was happening. Is your name Talia? Oh my God. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> Can I say how we know each other? Talia used to come here as a child on the family retreat that I, we were both part of for a number of years. But we haven't seen... each other for a few years. Okay, thank you for allowing <laughs> this moment <laughs> to happen. You haven't changed. <laughs> um, so where was I with all this? So there was three question what happened? How has it met? And what happened eventually? And so the second question is really highlighting the, uh, highlighting the relational aspect of practice. How am I relating to the discomfort? How am I relating to beauty? How am I relating to numbness, to hardness, to vastness? Whatever shows up, you know. So something shows up. You know, busy mind, uh, preoccupied mind, obsessed mind. Uh, How are we relating to this? I want to get rid of it. I'm not aware of it. I'm caught in it. Or I'm maybe uh, bringing just enough energy to connect with this experience uh, and sustain that awareness in order to experience the thing directly, fully. This is Kamala. Kamala's definition, we could say, is about the relationship with object. What is the right or wise or skillful relationship with object in terms of maybe immediate uh, And know freedom is the right word here, but something like this: like what's a wise relationship with an event? But not only in terms of here now, what's the right relationship now is to hold it with maybe care, courage, patience, uh, curiosity, tenderness, appreciation, depending on what's you know what's the wisest way to hold this. So how is it held? is going to be really helpful in in the moment. The quality of the relationship is going to be very helpful in the moment. And it's an investment. Because if, like Kamala says, I hold or meet or touch object, or I'm conscious of object, events, phenomenon, uh, in this way, (laughs) it's also setting the stage for insight, for understanding more deeply what an event, phenomenon um, is really made of, as Tara was talking uh, about yesterday. And so it's extremely relational. It's, it's all about this, and I don't know if it's you're like me, but sometimes I get confused, uh, deluded, thinking it's the thing. I want this to happen. And practice seems to be showing me that what is of great importance, much more value, is how I'm holding what is happening. And I think the whole of the retreat, I appreciate, it's a euphemism here, a lot, because it's so simple, just sitting here, how I'm relating to this. And all this is revealed here, I'm relating to just sitting you know, I should be further along, you know. This is not what I want to feel. I want to feel something else. Have you experienced this before? So there's a simple sitting, and we notice how poorly we're relating to the event of just sitting. Huh? I'm not saying this judgmentally. I'm saying this factually. <laughs> 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 you know? And so we discover this. All right, there's just, can we... Just make a few steps, you know, walk a few steps in this direction and that direction, turn around, come back to point A, you know. And how are we relating to this simple event? You know, it gets really complex and you know uh how are we relating to breathing? Are we able to and yeah, and so we make a lot of discoveries here. There's a lot of bad news, you know. We're discovering all kinds of ways we're relating to others, to something we call self, you know. And here there's a chance to heal these relationships. Uh, These are all relationships. We're always relating to things in a certain, certain way. And we have the chance here to become aware of how we're relating to being in line, being with food... And the, this is what we're you know, uh, exploring and cultivating here better quality relationship to what's happening, and later it will be another being partner, family member, friend neighbor, colleague, housemate, roommate, uh, as owner of a pet, uh, as a citizen of this nation or as a citizen of this planet. So we're learning to care about how we relate our relationships. Imagine the only options you had to relate to anything would be four only four options i think they're not so bad ones (laughs) so imagine you could only relate to something with benevolence or with compassion or with joy rejoicing appreciating or with balance of mind, equanimity. Imagine these were the only four options to relate to things, either with friendliness or benevolence, or with tenderness, if it was something difficult for you or somebody else, or in the world, or with uh, joy, if it's something beautiful. Appreciation with a stable mind, a mind that is balanced, is able to uh, be in connection. It's interesting to me that list of the qualities of the heart. I, I think they're actually a portal. <coughs> because for me just behind these this creativity you know there's a whole field that is possible uh, starting from this these points you know from so this is these are the qualities we talk about in practice that we're developing the qualities of the heart These are ways to be in relationship, you know. Yeah, imagine, I remember sitting here, 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 here. I was in this room anyway. Maybe way in the back. And uh, yeah, I think way in the back. And Winnie Nazarko, was, uh, one of the teachers here, was, uh, invited us to do this little exercise. And she was saying, like, just think, imagine if you want. Imagine just now in this, um, in this system here, in this heart-mind-body system, in this being. The absence, complete absence of uh, benevolence just harshness judgment you know how 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 would that be you know it cracks it breaks that's the function of hatred judgment is to break and then if you infuse in there just a little well-wishing Goodwill, uh, benevolence, kindness. How does what does what effect does it? How does it transform the inner space? You know, if you bring just a little bit of it, or a lot of it, you let it suffuse, infuse, suffuse the whole system. You know that there's care there. What happens in that field or in that experience? And if you imagine this with somebody that you that you know and share parts of your life with, you know, in some ways, you know, remove all care from both sides, just uh, just a harshness and judgment. It breaks, huh? It can't hold. It's going to turn ugly. And if in that relationship that you imagine, you invite, even from just one side, a little care, concern, consideration, respect, something like this, what happens then? And if you bring it from both sides, just even a little goodwill, what becomes possible here? And if, you, if it's full of it, and in the same way, and that's still Winnie, as I remember her doing, inviting this, now imagine this in this group here, this week. Drain out all goodwill, generosity, care, concern. Drain this out completely. What happens then? For a group of people living together for a few days, you know, if there's no goodwill, and then if you infuse a lot, or even a little, or a lot of it, sometimes it's presented the, this quality of benevolence as a fluid, you know, it almost like oil that removes some of the friction you know it makes it easier for relationship you know to... another way that we're learning how to relate to what's happening inside outside Small scale, big scale, subtle, gross. Gro- gross is that the word? There's a meaning to gross, no? Gross, yeah. Gross, <laughs> as opposed to subtle. Yeah. Um, beautiful, ugly, wanted, not wanted. You know, there's another way that we talk about in these teachings of. Uh, Sometimes it's uh, more, you know, consistent. Like more, I won't get into it. But it's we talk about the seven factors of awakening. But here we could just talk about two sets of uh, qualities. Maybe something of that has some uh, curiosity in it, uh, and another. Yeah, let's talk about two qualities here for the sake of this talk. Curiosity and calm. So how to relate to anything that is happening here? You know, something possible that we can explore Uh, would be just like, Oh, could I meet uh, what is happening here on the cushion, chair, as I walk out in, uh, outside, inside, in any posture the opportunity to explore what is it when something is met with a mixture of calm and curiosity what happens that's what we're doing here i'm not just naming it in this way but that's what the whole design you know is the instructions the form the silence kind of invites or evokes or invoke or something like this The these kinds of qualities there's the, always this invitation to come closer, to experience. So this kind of a vitality in the mind. Can we get curious about even something we call, call pain? You know, is it possible to, at least for a moment, to instead of pushing away that's a relationship? You know, could we actually allow come a little closer to feel? feel with curiosity, with calm and just to see what, what would happen if that's the, the way we relate to a step or a taste or a jarring sound or you know, the removal of mask or the putting on mask or the keeping mask or the you know, something heard or something not said, you know, how, what's possible if we relate to, to this with some curiosity and some calm? So, to me, that's what I, I think my teachers have uh, very patiently, oh, so patiently taught me to, hey, I mean, in different words, but that's how I'm, the words I'm using today, this invitation. Oh, Pascal, do you think it could be experienced with curiosity, with care, with calm? Do you think it's possible to allow it to be known just as it is, neutral as it is, boring as it seems, or charged as it is, or just as it is, you know? yeah no, because I think it should open up to something else it should you know I should cross this and it should open up well well it's it's just as it is right now. Could it be okay? Could it be known just as it is on the verge of or not quite there yet? you know could it be known just like this with curiosity so and you know i'm doing this here in uh, this research center about human nature, I discovered over many years, I think it took for me to discover that it was actually a really good way to be in relationship with others and with the world. Um, One way, one place personally where I saw that being so helpful is when there's a conversation or information about um, themes uh, that are uncomfortable for me. Um, It might be something like racism or privilege of White cis, cis meaning non-trans, like me, uh, able body, like something where suddenly I feel uh, 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 I, I don't want to be in that con. I don't want to hear about. It. I don't want to be in that conversation. I don't like I f- fear. Guilt is gonna come and confusion. And I've been able to avoid that. I'd like to continue you know, and to, hey, can I bring some measure of calm here, some measure of curiosity, just in case I would learn something about what's happening for the other one, or their needs, or... Can I bring the same quality that I bring to my practice on the cushion to this societal conversation, around sexism. Or so finding a new way to relate to things that are happening that might be uncomfortable for me or that I haven't turned towards yet, tried to avoid or deny. Yes, yeah, so how to relate So here, what we're, I think what we're, uh, the qualities we're developing here are highly uh, welcomed or needed, maybe, uh, in the rest of our lives.
1: Um,
0: Part of what happens also that I've noticed for myself is. Bringing this curiosity, this calm, or this care about what is happening allows me to dive under preconceived ideas, assumptions, uh, conditionings, and discover uh, things in a different way than what maybe I've learned about these things. Some kind of, uh, yeah. Some, and, and to me, that's the big gift of this practice. The gift of, um, I'll call it like this now, for lack of a better word, maybe, the gift of independence. Like it seems like, almost like, I'll make it very personal, the Buddha is telling me, <laughs> you know, through, through some distance in time and space, but saying, I'm going to. Show you a way to be in contact, in relationship with stuff that is of such high quality relationship that you'll be able to really discover what's going on. Even dive underneath your preconceived ideas and the way you learned maybe to perceive wrongly uh, some things or clarify things. Um, Like, what has value? You know, before I really thought every one of my thoughts had value, it took me a little practice to notice that maybe it was worth giving value to what was experienced here in the body. I remember when I came to practice, you know, uh, if you sit me there for 20 minutes, I would just think and be uh, totally fascinated by my thoughts. You know, this had a lot of value to me, you know. And then there was this invitation, oh, let's give value to your nose. <laughs> now, but the rest of my life you don't understand, you know. Forget the nose. <laughs> yeah, but let's try this. Let's give value to the air coming out, in and out, at the nostrils, you know why would I ever do this, you know? And as I do this, suddenly I start to notice, oh, I was valuing, I was, maybe I learned somehow that my, all my thoughts had so much value, you know, but I'm learning now that there's something else. By attending to present uh, time uh, sensations, I'm learning to gather the mind, you know, get out of storytelling, and something else starts to reveal itself. I don't know if I'm able to make myself very clear here, but I'm, I'm trying in the best way that I can just now. Um, this calm, curious mind, or, you know, calm. It doesn't have to be done perfectly. Huh? What I learned that time on that retreat where I was listening to others, there were some t- senior teachers, sometimes right before me. You know, the ones we project on. They have minds like us. <laughs> it was so liberating to see. So disappointing first, <laughs> and then liberating. Freed from uh, preconceived ideas, you know. And then I discovered, oh, okay. And then I discovered, oh, you don't need to do this perfectly. It's not possible first. And it's not required to walk along the path, you know. You can do it like in a rickety way like I do, you know. And, and progress is possible even if it's, you know, not to the standard we we think we project is needed. Um, anyway, I don't know where I, I was going, but something comes to mind now that I want to say is, uh, yeah. So by bringing you know this measure of curiosity and calm and attention. I was able to, I think, achieve things that I would not have been able to achieve through thinking about it, which would, be, would have been my main or only way to try to solve problems. And it has to do with opening this feedback loop, you know, this developing that sensitivity that becomes a kind of intuition or maybe inner et- ethics. So, where we start to know things from here, you know, rather than I should be like this, it should be like this or why, you know This the, we allow the, the intelligence to of the skin, of the guts of the I don't know how to talk about it so well but by not being in the storytelling and the all kinds of consideration but uh, you know, putting the kind of intelligence or awareness or consciousness in the little elevator and having it drop here, you know, experiencing the world from here instead of from here maybe, and from here. And then with practice maybe from here, you know, or this here, there's another way to relate to the world. And there's a lot of intelligence in there. And for me, I think as a gay man, I'm very grateful to the practice because, you know, there's this message or norm that I'm not welcomed maybe or maybe a little bit more than 20 years ago, but still, you know, it's not that clear all the time, you know. And all this message, this conditioning, this norm, you know, it's not easy to dive underneath these messages and assumptions and to go clarify things for oneself so that's the gift of independence of practice that's what i feel is the buddha is like i'm going to show you a way pascal that you're going to be able to feel to experience things, and to know for yourself hey hey to know for yourself what has value what is true what is not you know and it's by sitting here and I was thinking that today when, uh, you know, there was a question asked maybe about decision-making. That's what came to my mind as I was uh, uh, sitting, sitting here. It was like, oh, I remember many times, like, I have to decide between this and that and this and that. And the thinking was done by obsession and agitation. Such good advisors. <laughs> And maybe norms and expectations, and I should be like this, and I should be like that, and I should say yes to this, because that, you know. And with practice, I learn to feel, feel into things, you know. You know, things sometimes don't resolve that clearly and stuff, but there's an access to a different kind of intelligence where I don't have to think about things so much. And I've seen this in others also, and some of the senior teachers that i respect so much there's a kind of quality presence where suddenly there's a choice to be made and the answer comes it doesn't come from a lot of thinking it comes from another unexpected place it comes from presence it's an the intelligence is somewhere else than in the thinking process do you see what i mean there's but it needs space and silence and some stability you know to To be able to feel, oh no, I'm not going to go there. It's not, it's not possible, you know. I don't have to argue or, you know, explain to myself. It's just, and to me, that's one of the values of, uh, you know, being in relationship with the body uh, in this way. I remember, uh, I co-taught once a retreat with uh, Dr. Uh, Judson Brewer. A great guy, good practitioner, good teacher. And he had uh, it was kind of a dharma and science. I was definitely not holding the science part because <laughs> I know nothing about. It. I'm still wondering why there's so many. Oh, maybe it's not the same in English, but a medallia, a medallia. I think we have two here and one there, maybe. Amygdala, huh? There's something in the throat and in the brain. Is this the same thing? (laughs) Some of you are like, no, not at all. And some of you are like, I don't know, maybe they're in the throat and they're also behind the brain, at the back of the brain. Who would know? (laughs) And so I remember, like, uh, you know, uh, so Judson was presenting, like, Cuts of the brain, with you know, on the screen, you know, like the brain cut like this, pretty gore. But <laughs> if you ask me, you know, the brain cut like this, the brain sliced like that, <laughs> the brain sliced like this. <laughs> and uh, it was really good because there was a, some people who were from science. They were like, "Oh my God, my two worlds meet together. I love it." You know, and I was saying to uh, Judson Brewer after I was uh, we were talking, and I was like. You know, I see these slides, and and right after I forget about all of it. Like I can't remember any of it every time. Like neocortex, frontal neocortex. Like, is it good or bad? <laughs> frontal neocortex. <laughs> and uh, I, it was really i'm uh, so thankful because he he was saying like, oh, but it's very natural, Pascal. You wouldn't remember because it's very conceptual. You know, these are all ideas because you can't you cannot feel it. You know, like. Proof is, you know, you do brain sur- surgery on somebody and they can play this Tredivarius, you know, no problem. They can feel anything like it doesn't feel. This thing doesn't feel, but this and that's his words. You know, he's like this feels, this does feel. You know, so you're you're at the right place in your practice. You know, you're not trying to, you know, grow my frontal neocortex. <laughs> you know. <laughs> You're, you're attending to what's sensitive, you know, that's, that's really wise, you know, that's where the information is, you know, that's when, when you're about to say something that could be hurtful, <laughs> there's something that indicates, you know, like in the, the skin level, you know, <sighs> you know, and so we gain an intellig- access to this intelligence, I think, through this practice, and so that's an amazing way to relate, a different way to relate to the body, yeah? the body that, and that I've maybe learned to judge as not enough to like this or not enough like that i don't know if that happens to you and so there's a whole healing process of this relationship with the body so that it, be, it becomes a you know a, a well of intelligence of uh, ethical information of uh, And also uh, because through that kind of relationship with body, mind, thoughts that we talked about today, uh, with that high quality uh, relationship with uh, these foundations, as we maybe named it, the body, the body sitting, standing, lying down, walking, the body breathing, the body experiencing heat, cold, Lightness, heaviness, movement, rigidity, softness, roughness, pressure, expansion, contraction. Uh, With high quality relationship with mind state, aware of the presently arisen mind state. With high quality relationship with thoughts, instead of give me a thought, I will follow it wherever it goes. I'm a believer. I believe in any of my thoughts. You know. Okay? There's another relationship poss- possible. Maybe surprising, but just to know that there's a production happening, that there's something being said, something appearing, appearance, uh, mirage like or bubble like, or there's something, you know, appearing, an image like with these high-quality relationship to the different aspects of our experience, we'll start to notice for ourselves, discover for ourselves how dynamic, ephemeral all these things are. And we're going to cut through delusion, erroneous perceptions, when we tend to perceive things as mind Permanent, uh, potentially satisfying by this high-quality connection with uh, events, phenomena. The pattern, we could say, of the universe is going to be revealed. What the matrix, we could say, is made of. It's made of movement, dynamism, impermanence. Tara was talking about this very well yesterday. Um, And if I put it in the words of Ruth King, uh, you know, the three characteristics, I love the way she puts it with the three, I think of it as the three Ps, P, P, Pascal, P, but I'm not one of the three. (laughs) But (laughs) when she says, not permanent, not perfect, not personal. And so, and I'm thinking also of uh, Bonnie Duran, who is a, a dear f- colleague, friend, and teacher, teaches here, uh, who's a, also a researcher and, and um, professor in so- sociology, yeah? mm-hmm. I think, or public health sociology and uh, so she's a scientist also as a dharma teacher and when she talks about mindfulness she sometimes talks about she describes it or defines it as a high quality data collection <laughs> so this is what we're doing we're just gathering information we don't have to make anything of it but it's high quality so it's relational like how are you relating to data oh i grasp data i cling to it <laughs> I, I, I hate it. <laughs> you know, I prefer it. I prefer some data, some data I don't prefer. <laughs> you know I'm like, okay, that's not such high quality data collection here. Let's reorganize a protocol. <laughs> and, uh, so let's see if we can uh, relate differently to data and collect it, collect it in, with a high quality awareness. So as we are there, you're just connecting just enough energy to uh, connect and sustain attention on the data, on the phenomenon, to experience it clearly. High-quality data connection, connect collection. So we keep experiencing, experiencing. And at some point, the data shows what it has to show. Do you see? There's just, uh, there's just this really, like we don't demand that the data makes sense. You know, I want insight. We just keep noticing, keep noticing. And at some point, poops. We see something that we haven't seen before. There's so many stories, you know, in biology, around this for biologists. I remember one story I've heard it many, many years ago of a renowned maybe biologist with a mentee person who's... I don't know if you've heard that story before where the, the, the professor comes and... and uh, have you heard this about the, the fish? Well, I'll tell the story if you heard that. <laughs> no, I know you have psychic powers, <laughs> but I don't know if they do fish. <laughs> but uh, so the, the story is this biologist... Uh, Uh, you know says to the student well you know uh, for the next hour I want you to look at this uh, dead fish you know that's what you'll do you know so he walks away and the the student you know looks at the dead fish you know looks at the dead fish you know this I I hope I have this story right and every part of it there's nothing more sure than this at this point (laughs) But the the professor comes back and is like, so what did you notice, you know? Well I said that two eyes and a tail, is <laughs> it called a tail? And this and that, you know, it's like okay. So for the next two hours just stay there with, with the fish, you know. And the student just stays there, you know, in you know, boredom, doubt, wanting to be somewhere else, yeah. having an opinion about the form. Do you recognize something? <laughs> Some pattern. <Yeah. laughs> anyway, and the teacher comes back. And is like no, the, you know, it's, that's it. You know, I, I saw what I had to say. Like, okay, so for you this afternoon, you go have lunch and come back, and you know, from you know, one to six, you know, be with the fish. <laughs> Sounds like retreat. <laughs> and the student uh, does that. And then uh, when the, when the, when she comes back, the, the professor, the student says, it, she says, so you know what, like, and the student's like, wow, it's amazing, like I noticed this, this, and I wonder why is that there, what, what happened that this turns into this color, and, and then the, this, you know, is this shape, this shape, and then at some point it changes shape, and the, I don't even know the words. And, and, you know, but you get the, the picture, you know, with quality contact. At some point, something starts to appear, and we see more clearly, you know, uh, what we have seen as permanent shows its nature of being fluctuating. What we have seen as mine, might, we might discover that, oh, it just appears as mine. But on further look, or with more presence it becomes a little strange that I would call this me when it's a field of tingling, you know, that I would call this mine. I I see how we say that, but it's, it's, lim- you know, it, it holds some, you know, but not, it's not the complete truth, you know, that, what I call hand, my hand, you know, it's also just a field of tingling, or, and suddenly the perception starts to change, you know, what seems like, oh, and, I don't want to think, but it thinks. It has a lot to say. Like, it's not exactly me. It keeps producing (laughs) opinions, you know, or coaching, you know. And suddenly it's like, oh, it's me, and also not me exactly, you know. Oh, there's an emotion came and it went. It's not exactly me. I really thought, but it's an event that happened, you know. And at some point, maybe even the knowing, you know, somebody was, oh, I'm the observer, I'm the witness, you know. And at some point, maybe that's a little bit down the line, maybe, like, oh, there's knowing, so strange, why did I make it me and I, you know, I understand how it can happen, but it's also strange that I kind of identified to something very natural, like, awareness of hearing hearing, moment of consciousness wow I discovered that maybe it's not as personal as it seemed to be so in the high quality relationship to what's happening uh, I can discover the nature of what is there that things are not permanent perfect maybe are personal as they had seen or seen uh, with superficial, habituated attention. Maybe there's something else going on. Only by becoming very attentive in a sustained way with continuity will I be able to see underneath, like the veil, behind the veil, or underneath the kind of, I won't have the word here, allure. How things appear. The Buddha talks about this mirage, magic shows, to talk about the way we are relating to our experience, kind of being duped in a way. And here, you know, through a better relationship, maybe, learning how to meet stuff, uh, we gain freedom. Access to joy, that's what it means to me, freedom. Access to joy, playfulness, flexibility of mind, care, deep care, honesty, integrity, responsibility, balance of mind, courage, tenderness. Okay. I've extended my stay. Let's just take a moment to let these words uh, dissolve. May the quality of our relationship to whatever is happening be the doorway to unconditional freedom. Thank you so much for your goodwill. I can I can feel feel this. Thank you. Thank you for listening. To learn how you can support the teachers and Dharma Seed, please visit dharmaseed.org slash donate.